<sighs> Alright, what's going on everybody? Yeah, I know I haven't posted in a long time. <clears throat> Just, well, I had life happen, pretty much. And, uh, uh, with this new job I'm at, it's a lot better. And, have a lot more family time. Especially with my daughter now, she's seven months. Eh, relationship was kind of rocky there in the beginning. Had a lot of things going on. Not really bad things, just, you know, things that make you question, like, what the fuck? But yeah, for the first, for the first three months, it was kind of hard. Uh, because, well, uh, my wife had to stay home with not very much help. And then I had to go to work. I recently switched jobs. I came from the one foundry place that uh, I was just driving myself crazy at. They didn't care about you. But I I guess I'm just going to use this um, as like a venting method. So y'all will get to hear my stories if you're interested. So it's kind of taking a different turn. But anyway, um, yeah, I just, at, at, at that place, just working with heavy-ass iron, it kind of gets to you, wears on your back and body um, each day. Plus, when you're doing the job of two people, nobody really, nobody really gives a shit couldn't keep help because nobody wants to fucking work pull their weight or actually do that type of work yeah don't get me wrong I understand that there's jobs out there and everything but why are you going to come into a place and they take a tour every single one of them take a tour and see how we work and what goes on with everything they're taken by each line and shown so my thing of it why just not make a decision right then and there it should be easy enough to make a decision right then and there you know i would think so of course when i first seen it <clears throat> i didn't know if i was going to make it or not but I needed a job and I needed money. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it really wasn't that difficult. Kind of looked a little bit odd, but other than that, it was, it was alright. Second shift, she had more fun on with this one boss. But then, um, then this other boss, he got, he got promoted or whatever, so they switched, 
so my old boss went to a line boss and I was underneath the new boss. Of course, he came up to me about chest high, and I'm uh, six one. If that gives you any um, any visual of him, <laughs> he was he was tiny. I could have stuck him in my ass, and I probably should have. But that's besides the point. Me and him really didn't get along too good because the. Uh, new boss had trained me and I was used to the old ways and everything which was you know you didn't leave this or you didn't leave that or it would eventually pile up and get worse and worse and then a machine could break and then you would have sand everywhere because that's what we dealt with was sand grease oil hydraulic fluid stuff from the machine so that's what I had to clean out every day. And I was used to making everything spotless. Because if you kept everything kind of spotless, even in a factory or foundry like that, good chances your machine would run a little bit better. But they also had a problem with their equipment being out of date and sold. And then they would bitch and gripe and go on if product wasn't met when the machine broke down and for some odd reason you can't get it through these dumb sons of bitches head that hey this foundry was built back in the 50s you had um um probably Machine equipment that was replaced during the 80s, some of it. So I think it's probably time for an upgrade. You know, that would be my opinion. But no, they don't want to spend the money because he wants to sit back and collect his money and everything. Which these fucking corporate fat cats don't really give a shit. About the other person. Of course you think if you take care of your workers. Your workers would take care of you. And taking care of the product and everything. And if you kind of treat your workers like shit. Well they're going to. You know. Do shit work. And not really give a shit about. You or your business or your company. Or your products or anything like that. So. Yeah. My thing of it was that I worked there for four years and I'd done everything from sweeping the floors and shoveling out sand, cleaning the machines, to being a line operator, boss over my own line for about eight months. And then maintenance, lubrication, where I had to get inside the machines and grease, all that. And then, um, I finally switched back over to the hotline for a little bit and worked probably about four months on the hotline. Yeah, I'm wanting to say about four, maybe five months on the hotline. 
and uh, I went to grinding. Now it was it was fun. I was on my own grinder. I was um, I had a single had a single grinder, and parts were brought to me. Well, that went on for a couple of days, and the sons of bitches down there they they kind of like to bounce you back and forth. It's a little ridiculous. But, other than that, it was, it was okay, you know. Until I started having breathing problems and my buddy, um, my buddy, he just <clears throat> went to the doctor one day and had had black lung, I guess, or some kind of form of it. He just had scar tissue in his lungs, and he couldn't work there anymore, and he had to be careful where he worked. And I think he has to take some medication for the rest of his life now. So I, I had to get out of there. I have video proof of metal floating throughout the air. There's air vents and everything in the ceiling and we have fans but it produces so much dust and and just little particles of metal little shavings of metal is inside the dust floating around i got metal in my eye like before i quit there i had like a bunch of shit happen and when i first started i had you know, regular scrapes and bruises and all that stuff because shoveling and underneath equipment and machines. And uh, it was only paying $15 an hour, 15 to $16 an hour. Yeah. I was eventually there three years I think and I made it up to $17 but anyway um yeah <laughs> getting cuts and scrapes and all that stuff and you also had to be careful of the pigeons and stuff that we were allowed to kill pigeons because they <clears throat> carried diseases well, in that foundry that up top, it's actually covered with fucking pigeons everywhere. So we had to go ahead to, if we seen them, kill them, get rid of them, whatever. Because a couple people have gotten sick. And I know from one of my kinfolk uh, that he got... Some he was a mechanic over there, and I believe, as the story goes, he got some pigeon shit on his hand. Somehow he got it in his eye, and I think a worm or a parasite, something got in his eye and kind of started eating away at it or something. But he lost vision in that eye, 
and he also has a couple more things um, wrong with him that he got from that place. So I just made the decision to, hey, I gotta, I gotta get out of there because, I mean, I got a little girl coming, you know. <clears throat> and uh, um, it, it's just, I'm happy that I'm, I made the the switch but they put me on grinding at the very last I'm mean, the hotline was was bad it, it was kind of like every job was bad over there and had its dangers so you always had to watch out always and because you had the hotline um you had the watch for parts that would literally just fall out on you because the way the thing was set up is they had shaker pans going to each machine. So whatever whatever the machine was producing, we got all three shaker pans. And sometimes it got really hectic because the people on the lines would just run numbers. That's all they cared about was numbers, not if the numbers were good, if the numbers were bad, like you had to throw, like we had to throw away probably about, I would say, 97 to 98% of our product when they would do stupid shit like that. Because they would get into competition <clears throat> with each other, I think because they each got a check of a percentage of how much the line produced, if I'm not mistaken. But we never got a percentage on how much we caught off the line and sent through the machine. We never got a percentage on that, so that's a little bit unfair there. And the grinders also had a percentage of <clears throat> grinding parts. Like, say, each grinder had uh, eight hours of production that they had to get done. So, within that eight hours, you had to grind parts. And if you were fast enough, you could outgrind those eight hours and anything past that was considered incentive contributed towards the next day. So, say, like, if you'd done 16 hours worth of work in one day, that's an extra eight hours of pay for parts and incentive that you get but I mean it wasn't very much our incentive pay ranged from about five cents to ten cents per part I think maybe some was about 15 cents but from working there for about five years and I finally went to grinding while I was on the hotline I lost my left thumbnail that was a fun ordeal I had to literally keep working that whole day because if I hurt myself or whatever and I can fix it I just kind of band-aid it and get back on the line and keep working because where I'm from, I need to work. <clears throat> I cannot just work. 
So, with everything going on and shit, um, I decided to go to grinding. Be like, hey, you know, it's going to be easy. Um, I might be put on the pan with my buddy Bruce. And there are some really good people working through there, and there are some really stupid fucking people working through there. Of course, that's everywhere you go, right? So, um, <laughs> during this time, I found out that me and the wife are pregnant, and we also um, got married last year. We just celebrated our First year being together uh, a couple months ago, and that was okay. I mean, I really didn't get to spend the whole time with my wife, the whole anniversary with my wife, and go to bed with my wife and everything. What I'm getting towards is we didn't get to fuck that night. Uh, But that's another story. But everything's just been building up to that bullshit. So I'm going to keep on. And uh, I kind of figured y'all would like a good story. And uh, I finally became a grinder. You know, position came open. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. So, uh, yeah, I took... uh, Took the bid sheet in there and bid it on it. You know, uh, that's kind of a union-run company. But the union don't do a fucking thing for their their employees or the employee's family. Because I had to take off work because my wife was in the hospital. She'd gotten sick with her, first her gallbladder. And then that had to be taken out. Then the worst part was her appendix because it busted um, mid operation. And they had to use, uh, they had to use some fluid to clean her out and make sure she was good to go. But she was in the hospital for about two weeks. And I didn't leave her side unless she told me to, like to come home, take a shower, all that jazz. So, um, just checking on the little girl. So, uh, um, yeah, I was in the union, and sometimes they take up money for uh, the people. Say, like, if they're out and miss a check and have a hard time paying paying bills, you know, what what do you think a union is supposed to do? And (laughs) they didn't even do that. They didn't take up for me because I told them, I was like, hey, I I don't have a check. And I was like, well, I might need some help paying a couple bills, you know, I know how some people are when they hate to ask for stuff like that, but they really need it. I'm one of those people. And I don't really believe in the whole pride thing. I don't really believe in 
that. Um, so, that being said, I just, I told him, like, I said, hey, you know, I ain't, I ain't got anything you guys might think you could help me out a little bit, you know. Well, no, because it wasn't you that was sick. It was your wife. And during that time, she was your girlfriend. So I'm like, okay, you have to have a girlfriend first before you can have a wife. You can't just automatically goddamn have a wife right off the bat unless you're <clears throat> arranged marriage. And I ain't heard of that in a long time. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, well, that's pretty fucking stupid. He said, we don't give uh, if your uh, spouse is sick or not, even if a kid is sick, like your kid or whatever. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. So the money I'm paying you and been paying you lines your damn pockets. So that union is a piece of shit. And this last contract signing we had, I had dropped out. And everybody was kind of pissed off and everything. And, you know, it's sad that people in the union um, that I talk to on a daily basis and that can, that I would consider someone that if they seen me out, you know, out on the street, they would pick me up and give me a ride or give me the shirt off the back. No, I've dropped out of the union and those dumb sons of bitches, selfish pieces of shit, stopped talking to me. Wouldn't even look at me. It's like, wow, how fucking petty do you have to be to not even speak to me anymore after all this time of going through and and speaking to me and all that stuff when I was in the union. What the fuck? Fucking petty ass little bitches. And uh and it's a select group. I found out it when I left it's a select group that basically sucks each other's dick. You know, you gotta know this person to know know this person and everything. My little girl moving. Yeah. Being cozy. But, I mean, it, 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 even the plant manager's a piece of shit. Made us get rid of a bunch of stuff that made us comfortable. That uh, you couldn't have earrings in, even though that if your job was a grinder, you, like, you had the grind. That was the union rules. Your job is grinding. You grinded. You didn't grind nobody else's shit. You damn sure didn't do anybody else's job. And if you'd done your job at a reasonable pace, you were okay. Whether you were in the union or not, people in the union started telling people that, hey, if you're not in the union with us and you fuck up, They'll boot your ass right out the door because Tennessee is the will-to-work state. And it's like, okay. So they they scared people into joining for their, for their job. 
that's how I was um, coerced into the union. And then later on, I found out that, no, you don't have to do that. That ain't right. That ain't true. And, um, well, I dropped out of the union, and when the union contract come back up for signing, I wanted to get everyone in that foundry $20 or more. So I was like, all right, I want to join back up with the union. And I'm going to try to make a change with these boys. And I had a good group behind me. I had my friends behind me. But it wasn't enough because all the old bastards were over there and only cared about their retirement, didn't care about the young people, only cared about themselves because they were fixing to retire or going to retire. So they didn't give a shit. Those old pieces of shit over there didn't give a fuck about the next generation and helping us out or anything. Wife texted me. Uh, she's getting comfy. But yeah. I was going to try to push for like I said $20 or a little bit more because the surrounding factories around us was well paying $20 or a little bit more so we were only getting close to 17 something like I think it was 1725 or 1731 something like that um but we did the contract signing I was talking with everybody there I was trying to get them to go for $20 and everything would have worked but it was unfair because they had people that was supposed to be there. They were able to call in from home what they wanted on their ballot. And we was like, no, that's fucking bullshit. That's cheating. But they done it anyway. So I got to talking to my friends and stuff or my acquaintances. And was trying to get everybody over there to shut everything down. And by shutting everything down and walking up there to the road and demanding $20 or more and then we'll fire the machines back up. But they didn't want to do that. And it's like, how can you not do that? How can you not see the company is bending you over backwards and just ramming you, just just fucking your ass all to hell? And you're not doing anything about it. And if you have a big group of people and enough people, they can't pull just a random Joe Schmo off the street and bring his ass in there and fire up the line and have him run it. Plus, not including the people that you have to have run the line. It takes multiple people to run the line. Not one person is going to get anything done being there. So we would have had them by the balls. 
But the bitches over there, they didn't have the balls or anything to do what I was suggesting. They didn't want to listen. Why are you so job scared? Because, I mean, just think about it. They can't pull anybody off the street. And I told them, I said, you know, I'll sacrifice my job because I'll know I'll get hired back in. Because the union would fight for me. But no, got fucked out of that one too. So they didn't want to do anything. So, And during that time, I gotten on the grinding station and... I was on my very own grinder for a couple of days. It was awesome. It was. I had light. Nice light parts. I got everything done, you know. I overproducted, which kind of got me a little bump in pay at the end of the week. But it still wasn't worth it. So... What happened, they put me on the heaviest line that they had there. And let me just describe my figure to you. I'm 6'1", between 135 to 145 pounds. I'm a skinny little fuck. So, they put me over there. And I was with this, well, short little midget guy. He kind of looked like a ninja turtle in a way. Come up, well, well, basically my chest, again. And it kind of puts you in mind a ninja turtle. And uh, he, he always thought he was hot shit, but he was more portly round than buff. But, I mean, he could pick up those parts. But a person with his body type and what he'd been doing there for so long, he was, I guess you could say he was built for that place. He he was built to handle that place. So I get over there and he's showing me everything that needs to be done. That only goes on for fucking two days. And then Saturday we come in. Try to get some overtime and some extra work done and get caught up on some things. Because during that time, we were getting backed up on work pretty severely. Alright. So here we are. We're doing shit, trying to bust shit out and get everything done. And for some reason, this motherfucker just... Just... I I don't know what was going through his head. I, I guess he just had enough or whatever but he lit a box of fucking paper towels on fire and watched it go down the fucking shaker pan and I stood there and watched it and the weekend bosses which those are brothers and they both like to suck dick they like to fight each other and and uh um Kinda fight over whose dick they're gonna suck. Yeah, I had to 
had to word that carefully because that would have been a tongue twister. What I was originally going to say is they, they got to beat each other off to um, suck this one person's dick, and that's the plant manager. So <laughs> they literally have to fight each other for the best and top spot. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking stupid. And so they're both competing and seeing how much dick they can suck. <clears throat> and they let it go to their heads. They do. They do. They're probably nice guys outside of work or if they did not hold that uh, boss slash team leader title. Which I don't understand. It, the people that don't have that title then eventually achieve that title, let the power go to their heads. I, I don't understand it. When you already know that um, that you know that power is going to go to your head and you're going to be a little fucking dickhead and everybody's going to want to, you know, catch you behind Kroger and just kick the fucking shit out of you and leave you in a dumpster. <laughs> But I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why people let it get like that. Like I would, you know, like to have that title and see if I can control myself and the power that I had. Pretty sure I could, you know. But I'm sure there's people that have said that before and done worse. <laughs> But anyway, um, he got fired right there. He, he was told to go home. So Saturday we were dealing with about mm, 70, 70 pound parts. Uh, I don't know if they were M18s or M21s. M16. Can't think because I dealt with so many fucking parts on that line, but it was a big part. It was part of a manhole cover. It was the sleeve that sat down in the tube for the manhole cover. And uh, all I had to do was pick them up, and put them on the ground, grind where the gate head was, where that broke off, grind it down, and then put it in the box. And there's about 12 to a box. And I could get the most I've ever done was 32 boxes. 32 boxes in one day. You know, 12 to a box. Yeah. I don't know how much they averaged. But I think I produced like three and a half to four days. I'm not really sure on that. I don't really care. But. Um, yeah, they, they were heavy, so I got wore out that day, and from that day forward, until I just fucking walked the hell out, I was on the rolling bed line. I never lifted anything under 50 pounds, and I never lifted anything over 92 to 90 pounds. 
there were some instances that I did get um, a light two pound to five pound part, but that was just because that they needed extra out. So more than one person would be working on them if the said person didn't have anything to work on. And there were some times to where I didn't have very much stuff to work on because the lines would constantly break down because they're pieces of shit. And yet I would get bitched at wondering why, um, wondering why I just didn't, um, just didn't produce parts that day. It's like, we'll go back and look at your machines and shit. Look at all that. So, they did that for a little bit, and they kind of got off my ass. So, I was, I was happy about that. But it was just, it was just so much bullshit. And the person that made the patterns there that was put into the machine, he passed away because he was sick with cancer. He was a nice guy, too. He he knew what the hell he was doing. And um, everybody called him Charlie. And uh, I wish I would have got to know him a little bit more. But after Charlie died, they just had problems. Problem after problem after problem of trying to find somebody to work the patterns so they had problems and they were um, they were just getting worse like, I don't know I don't know why he wasn't doing his job or he was too fucking drugged out or he'd done too much meth or crack or what the hell ever but within the amount of time where I joined up with the grinders, they were okay for a couple months. And, um, well, I, I just, I thought I was going to get good help, but each time I thought I was going to get good help, they, they would just walk off, walk away, they wouldn't stay, so I was like, oh, you know, what the fuck, you know, why, why are you doing this shit to me? Because I was docked for 16 hours because I had to do a two-person job because every part that they sent over there had to be worked twice, had to be hand-worked in some sections and grinded around the edges at the final section. So that, that, that's what I had to do. And... Um, it would have been nice to have help there, but 
they did not last because it was hot in the foundry. Say like if it was 90 something degrees outside, it would be 115, probably there at my grinder, maybe 110. Get close to the foundry, it's pushing about 150. Or the furnace, pushing about 150. So yeah, it was a little hot in there. Some people can't handle the heat, I understand. But don't come in and help me for the per first part of the day. And then bitch out afterwards. When I've been there for four years dealing with all that shit. And didn't bitch out. You'd be amazed and see how many people would come through there. Look like they were going to make it. Get on your line. Help you out. I mean the biggest sons of bitches too. That think that they lift shit and, and can actually take it are actually just really big pussies. Even the women over there, I had women towards the end. Um I had women. They they put they put them over there. And it's like they, they would hire these women and I don't have nothing against women. I don't. If you can if you can help me do the job adequately and actually help, I'm all for it and I'm very thankful. Don't care if you're a man or a woman. But they would put these little things over there and they would be so afraid of using the big grinder, the big wheel grinder. And then they would be so afraid of using the little hand grinders. And it's like, well, why the fuck are you even here? Are you just fucking eye candy? You, you just one of those foundry sluts that go around and just bang everything you see that's walking? And the guys wasn't no better. Because at first, when I first joined that foundry, there were no girls allowed in there. Because they have been girls allowed in there in the past. And it's just caused a bunch of problems, like a bunch of drama and shit at work. Especially husbands leaving wives and all that shit. And found people fucking down in the pits. And yeah. It's just, it makes for a bad environment. But people don't want to see that. And people want to see, you know, equality. Well, I'm not going to do that. I. I, you know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to work. I'm not going to put my skirt up, you know, and I'm not going to be a fucking tease. But, you know, it goes both fucking ways. And it's just, it's retarded. So, we didn't have, we had the privilege of not dealing with women for a while. We could wear tank tops. We could wear wife beaters. Um... All that shit, we could have our ears pierced and everything. Now with that, Richard was saying, well, what if we had an emergency pour-out? Emergency pour-outs when the furnaces go down and you have to empty everything, like, drastically fast. So, uh, you're doing this shit, and if you have any metal or anything on you, it could stick to you and burn you. But with the odds of 
anything like that happening to one of us grinders is like us winning the lottery. We haven't had anything like that in a while. And we have people for that. We always have people for that. If anything, we're the last people. And if we have to do it, the fucking, the foundry's already lost. If we have to do it. You know, if they say that shit, I'm out the fucking door. I don't give a shit. Your fucking foundry and factory is not worth my life. I'm going home. I'll watch this son of a bitch burn. I don't give a shit. But, uh, yeah. They got girls over there and they wouldn't help me lift the parts on some of them. Um, they would stand there and just talk about dumb nonsense and bullshit. And I didn't feel comfortable because I've done been in that situation and all this other shit. And I understand. I understand that, uh, well, (laughs) um, you know, everybody has to make money and all this other shit. But if you can't do the job, don't fucking come in there. But the problem was, is they were, they were being taken care of by the, um, team leaders on the line and everything. And I know some of them slept with each other to, you know, whatever, none of my business, but I know that went on and happened. And I did not want that coming back and biting me in the ass because I'm a happily married man with a baby girl. Uh... Hopefully more on down the line, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I had to get out of that fucking place. Had to. So I, I, I was like, well, I'm having the girl and all this shit, and, or I'm having a baby, and I don't need to be coming home covered in metal and sand and all this other shit. Don't need to be doing that. So I started looking around, looking for a job, and then... And, uh, um, everything was going okay. Then job came open for East Plant. And, uh, it was, basically I'd be driving a, uh, fork truck around 78% of the time and filling in for people, well, a little bit more, I'd say probably about 80%. I'd be driving the Ford truck a lot, let's just say that. And then helping others out, um, kind of like a floater that, that would be taking other jobs that say if this person's out on that line, I just fill in for them so that line can keep going. But I had to take a dumb, stupid ass fucking test that didn't even pertain to, didn't even pertain to, the job I was applying for, because it was like the first question, well, what what month is misspelled, and who gives a shit, that, that's not pertaining to the job that I have up there 
in in East Plant. <laughs> I'm not going to get up there and be like, oh shit, well hell, somebody misspelled a damn month. But I took that fucking test anyway, and and most of the damn questions were stupid and didn't pertain to that. And I told everybody, and they were like, yeah, yeah, the tests really don't matter. Don't make a fuck. You'll get the job. Don't worry. So I was like, oh, okay. Hell yeah. That's cool as hell. And I was like, uh, well, uh, get that job. So I waited and waited and waited. And then it came up and it was like, no, you didn't get the job. You didn't pass the test. And I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. So from then on, I knew exactly what my worth was over there. They don't give a shit about you. Any major company or factory or foundry don't give a shit about you. You're just a number. They can easily replace you with a temp. So I wouldn't bust my ass or anything. That's the problem. That these people are too afraid of big corporations and shit. When you have strength in numbers. Yeah, you cozy baby. <sighs> yeah, she rolled over with the blanket on her head. <laughs> but yeah, you have strength in numbers. If you can get enough people behind you. You can make some shit happen. You know, that that would stop a lot of these corporations if these people that work for these corporations would just have the balls to quietly just do it and just all of a sudden, boom, and take, say, like 70 to 80 percent of their workforce and turn it around on them and get what they actually deserve with the big corporation fucking the people over. You don't have to sit back. If you sit back and do nothing, then it, that's on you. You're letting that happen to yourself and everybody around you, which you can actually better yourself and shit. And you just got to come together and stand strong. It's that's, that's all. It's easy, you know. So I got out and I was like, well, fuck it. I, I finally found a job doing handyman work, working with my hands something I love to do, and I just fucking walked out of there, and, uh, uh, yeah, I started doing the handyman work, thought I was working for a good, good person, but turns out he was fucking people out of money, doing shoddy work, charging them double, stealing time. I just know just different shit. And then wouldn't even give us a raise or anything when the price of gas went up or wouldn't compensate us for that. Hell, I took a $2 pay cut. And then I also had to buy my own tools, supply my own tools, batteries, blades, bits, what have you. And that shit ain't cheap when you don't really have anything. (laughs) 